Welcome into another edition of Home Run Throwback. I am Jimmy Morris, joined as always by John Glennon. John, how are you tonight? I am well, Jimmy, and you? Yeah, I mean, you know, uh, not, not great, but uh, again, <laughs> we'll, we'll talk about this. I mean, it, to me, the, the the piece of this that it's the worst is it's the Ravens. I mean, we didn't think this team was going to win the Super Bowl with this defense, but it's just it's, it's tough to lose the Ravens to see their celebration on the logo and all that stuff. But uh, we'll get into all that before we do, as always, remind you, this is a Broadway Sports Media podcast. Uh, BroadwaySportsMedia.com is the website. You can check out all of the reaction to this game, and then we will be your best source for off-season coverage. So BroadwaySportsMedia.com, check that out. You can get this podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Just search out Home Run Throwback. Um, it's been a few weeks since we've done this, but uh, just check that out again, Home Run Throwback, wherever you get your podcast, and you'll find us there. The Titans season ends today at home against the Baltimore Ravens. Um, you know, a, a, a sentence that we've heard before, unfortunately. Um, but that's how it goes. It's crazy to me that with these two teams. I mean, you know, they, they've met five times in the playoffs, and, and the home team has never won. Um, just yeah. you know, just kind of one of those weird things that, that comes about. But we were talking before we, we jumped on here. But listen, if you'd have told me, you know, at 11.30 this afternoon that the Ravens were going to score 20 points, then I would have think, thought the Titans won. I mean, maybe not easily because this, the Ravens' defense is really good, but I would not have been worried at all about the Titans not being able to score, you know, at least 21 in this game. But it, it's just weird that in a season where we spent so much time talking about how bad the defense was and how this defense was going to keep this team from, you know, being able to maximize this Super Bowl window that we feel like they're in, um, it was the offense that actually is the reason that the season is over. Yeah, really such a such a strange end to the season like that. Um, you know, for so many games, you know, you know, I've been talking about the fact that, hey, this defense doesn't need to be great for the Titans. You know, it needs to be so-so. It needs to be decent. It needs to come up with, with some, some stops from time to time. It needs to create turnover from time to time, you know, because the offense is going to carry it uh, the rest of the way. Well, today... You know the the defense wasn't wasn't great, but it was it was good enough. Uh, you know the bottom line is they only allowed 20 points. Um, you know and and uh, there were certainly too many big chunk plays for the Ravens, but still it was by no means a dominant uh, offensive display by the Ravens. Uh, you know the Titans did create the uh, a turnover. Um, you know they they did come up with some stops from time to time, and and then. Lo and behold, you know, this Titans offense that set all kinds of franchise records uh, for this year, Titans offense that hit 30 points 10 times, you know, 40 points 5 times, uh, Derrick Henry 2,000 yards, A.J. Brown 1,000, you know, one one milestone after another, and they just fizzled today. They just couldn't get it going, um, you know, and, and the obvious uh, uh, problem was, uh, was certainly that, that Derrick Henry – in particular, couldn't get it going. Though the Ravens absolutely stacked the box, they said Derrick Henry is not going to beat us. They returned Calais Campbell and, and Brandon Williams on the defensive line, two big pieces who weren't there for this regular season game earlier this year, um, and they just made the Titans win uh, or try to win anyway with the uh, with the passing game, and it just wasn't enough. Just wasn't successful enough, and and. Sadly, that's the way the Titans season ended, is on a, a, an interception, a pass interception. Yeah, I, I mean, like you said, I mean, there's just, there's so, there's so many things that we talked about throughout the year, 
and then at the end of the day, it comes down to the offense not being able to get it done. I mean, I think we have to talk about the decision to punt on fourth and two because, to yeah. me, that was really a defining moment of this game. And listen, you've watched enough – I mean, we've all watched enough football to understand that there's just never – any one single play. I mean, most often, <laughs> there's hardly ever where it's one single play that, that wins or loses the game. But the decision of, to punt on that fourth and two just to me was, I mean, I, I think waving the white flag is, is too strong. But at the same time, like this team is built on being physical. You know, that's what we've talked about so much about how as the rest of the league has gone to this, you know, spread them out passing game, the Titans have heavily invested in a running back that is a power running back. And, yeah, he has the speed to, to break the big runs and all that stuff too. But at, at their core, this team wants to be more physical than you. That's their identity. And so when the Titans punt, it's fourth and two on, the, on, the, on their own 44-yard line. So the Titans 44-yard line. Fourth and two, but even to you know to kind of get to that moment, um, you get the the run on first down. You get eight yards for, from Derrick Henry on first down, um, and then you have two plays, two incomplete passes. The you know the the third down pass it to Johnu was I mean it was a good play, just you know a bang bang deal. Defender made a good play. I mean all that stuff, but to not give the ball to Derrick Henry again, the guy that is you know the embodiment of your team spirit, the guy that rushed for 2,000 yards. And, yes, he's been bottled up in this game, absolutely. I mean, you, you understand all of that. But to have the ball second and two and to not let Derrick Henry touch it again, it just it, yeah. it blew my mind a little bit. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't mind at all that they, they tried to, to throw the ball on second down. I always think that's a good idea. Sure. When you get eight yards on first down, second and two, take a shot, maybe something good happens. Yeah. But then you're back at third and two, and you're thinking, I mean, at least I'm, as I'm sitting there thinking, watching that game, this is four-down territory. You know, Titans are down, what, 17-10 at that point. Um, you know, you feel like that this is a moment where they can kind of drive and, you know, hopefully at least get a field goal. You've got good field position, all that stuff. And then it just it blew me away that he didn't touch the ball. And then when he sent the punt team out there, and we talked about it a little bit before we started here, but, you know, in the last couple of weeks, there have been some, uh, some of these big fourth down decisions. And, you know, he punted in Green Bay when it was, what, fourth and seven, um, you know, yep. well into Green Bay territory. And the weather mm-hmm. and all that stuff, whatever. And then last week in Houston, it's fourth and 11, and they go for it. And, again, I understand yeah. the thinking there with, the, with how bad the defense was, how, you know, how good the offense is, how bad the Texans defense was. I mean, all that stuff made sense, but it, it's, it's fourth and 11. And then today you have fourth and two. And, and Vrabel's whole thing all along has been, hey, we want to end the game as soon as we possibly can. And, you know, again, you're talking about going down and, and hopefully tying the game at this point. But – I don't know. It, it, it felt like a spot where if, if you are built on being physical, if you are built on you know doing things a little bit differently and all that kind of stuff, it was the perfect opportunity to kind of put your physical stamp on that game. And when he decides to punt there, it just, to me, kind of sent a message that, like, look, y'all are out physical physicaling us in this game. We don't think our guy that rushed for 2,000 yards this year can get two yards here. And, I mean, maybe I'm putting too much into this, but it really felt like that was kind of sending a message that, look, y- y'all are beating us in this. We're going to try to punt, and, and hopefully we can stop. And, and I mean, all, none of that makes sense with, with this defense and all this this year. 
But I don't know that that really really surprised me in the moment. And, and as you know, the days gone on and all that stuff, I it still it doesn't make any more sense to me. No, I I agree with you. Um, yeah, first off, uh, I completely agree too that that Derrick Henry's got to have one of those two carries uh, or one of those two plays has to be to Derrick Henry on the second and two and and the third and two and uh, in my mind the, the fourth and two as well. It's that's certainly still an option. But, you know, some of the things that, that are puzzling, uh, you know, the downside of being stopped there is, is what? Uh, you know, Baltimore takes over at uh, about at its own 40-yard line. Even if the Ravens move down, uh, you know, and, and get a field goal out of that, again, it's still only a 20-13 to 13 advantage. Uh, you know, it's, it's still a one-score game as long as you keep them away from a touchdown. So, really, what's the, the, the big uh, downside there. And, and, you know, the other thing that, that puzzled me too is basically in that situation, you're saying, and Mike Brable said as much after the game that, you know, that the defense had been playing pretty well for the Titans that, uh, in essence, you know, he was banking more on the Titans defense, making a big stop than he was on his offense, getting two yards. Um, and, and to me, I, and again, I know the defense did play you know, decently for the most part, but let's let's face it. If if uh, you know, based on the, the the entire body of work this season, if it comes down to one critical call, uh, and whether you're going to trust the offense or whether you're going to trust the defense, I'm trusting the, the Titans' offense in that situation. So, uh, really, a head scratcher to me. And and uh, uh, as you touched on too, it, it almost seemed uh, as if Mike Vrabel had reacted to the various fourth down situations in, in each of the last three weeks. Like in Green Bay, it was fourth and, and seven. He didn't go for it, uh, you know, and, and maybe rethought things after that. And, and the next week against the Texans, well, it's fourth and 11. Well, now I'm going to go for it. And then, then you know, it, things didn't go well there. So he rethought his fourth down strategy there and said, okay, fourth and, you know, fourth and two, I'm not going to go for it. Well, to me, if you're going to go for it for on fourth and eleven in a similar situation, fourth quarter, um, you know I think the Titans actually had the lead at, at that point as well. Uh, um, then you're certainly going to go for it on on a fourth and two in, in that situation. Uh, they didn't go for it, and the Titans weren't able to get that early stop. Uh, the Ravens end up chewing up almost six minutes a clock, I think, and and ended up getting that that field goal anyway driving all the way down from their own 15-yard line to, to get a field goal, which put the Titans down by a touchdown, meaning you have to, uh, obviously the Titans needed a touchdown just to send the game into overtime uh, at that point. So uh, a, a real puzzler, and, and yet, of, of all things, and, and this is you know a little bit what I wrote about to the, for, the, for our website too, is that you know you, you don't normally think of, of Mike Vrabel uh, as a, a guy, you wonder why he wasn't aggressive enough. If it's anything, you're usually, you know, from time to time at the end of a game, you're saying, hey, why was Mike Vrabel too too aggressive? This situation, yeah, I, I just don't I don't get it. Uh, you know, two yards, you're in the other team's uh, half of the field. Uh, just just not enough reason not to go for it. And, you know, we everybody has their analytics websites and so forth now. And, and you know, whether you believe them uh, or, or not, I mean, everybody has their own points of view on them. But, uh, a couple of, of interesting ones, uh, you know, one, uh, what was it, the, uh, I'm trying to think, the inside edge or, or something along those lines, uh, you know, felt edge that sports, that's yeah. why, it's, it's okay, 
uh, Vrabel's choice, um, you know, lowered the Titans' win percentage by by 14 percent. One call uh, did that, and and then also, uh, you know, I noticed that uh, Pro Football Reference not long after that play uh, put up a tweet saying it's the first time in their database, which goes back to '94, that a team in the playoffs punted on fourth and two from this field position down by one score in the fourth quarter. So that's the kind of history that you probably don't necessarily want to make, uh, you know, in that situation. And like you said, the, the type of history that you never would have thought that Vrabel would make. I mean, that that's yeah. the thing. Yeah, I mean, like he's been so aggressive in, in so many different things and 14 percent like you said i mean those numbers are yeah, whatever because we've all seen, right we've all seen the graphs where a team had you know 85 percent chance of winning and they end up losing whatever but like that's right. a big number um you know because yeah. those the other two that we're talking about um you know in green bay and and in houston i don't remember but it was like two or three percentage points either way you know it wasn't it, yeah. it wasn't a, just a, a huge swing um you know thing right. and, and again i even give him a little bit more of a pass in Green Bay and the weather and all that kind of stuff. I mean, I, I don't, I don't yeah. ever understand why he would want to punt with this defense. I mean, that, that right. never makes a lot of sense. But you know, you understand that a little bit more um, than than what happened today. And listen, listen, Mike Vrabel has been awesome for this franchise. I mean, there's no doubt about it. He yeah. has been a you know a, a great head coach. I do think there are still some things in game that are a little bit head scratching and this is one of them and I, and I kind of got killed on Twitter for for saying that but I, I just think I don't know there's some times where I don't know if it's reactionary or what but it's like you, you have this persona of being aggressive and all that stuff like stick to it pick a pick a, a path right. and go with it you know and, and instead yeah. of because it just seems like when you're when you're going back and forth it, it just seems like you you're more likely to make the wrong decision every time versus whereas at least right. if you stay consistent then you know sometimes you're going to get it right so yeah that right. that right. was that was i mean that was just really surprising to me i, I just i was i was floored when it, when he sent the punt team out yeah. there and 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 the other point and and you wrote about it too and, and you mentioned it just now the, the way the Ravens play offense even if you unless you get a, a three and out um you know which obviously w- would be ideal there but they're going to take up clock at that point i mean yeah. they they don't run you know their offense is built on that, and once they get a lead, I mean they're they're fine to just run those you know counters and option reads and all that kind of stuff, and they'll they'll do that to you to death once they get up. And then I mean we saw it happen today. You know it doesn't take much for you know one guy misses an assignment, one guy misses a tackle, and you know those little things turn into huge gains. And that was what they had been you know so good at. In these in the last two meetings against the Ravens, was not giving up those big chunk plays. Right. Um, in the playoff exactly. game last year, they gave up some, but it was really kind of after the game was already over. Uh, you yeah. know, they, they they had built that big lead, and so it wasn't as big of a deal. And they were really good in the red zone um, in, in both yeah. of those games, holding you know holding the Ravens to field goals. Um, and and again, listen, <laughs> I mean, for all the grief that we give the defense this year. Um, the, today was about the best performance I think we any of us could have expected from this defense. Yeah. I mean, they have a pretty right. good plan that they have put together against this Ravens offense. Um, they, they've been successful more often than not. Now, you know, the the second touchdown that were, or I guess the first touchdown, to make it, you know, 10-10 to 10, where Lamar Jackson, you know, is able to, to sneak up the middle. That's one of the big things. Don't let him run up the middle, push him to the outside, make him throw to the outside, all those things. 
and then you know Kevin Byard has a chance to make a tackle, misses it. Um, it, it just at that point, it it's that it, it was so deflating because you're up ten to nothing. You you've got all yeah. the momentum, and, and then you know they they had cut it. But anyway, like all of that stuff, it, it just it, it felt. That that felt like a really big play, and again, we're talking about Vrabel's decision, but that play where Lamar Jackson has like a 48, whatever it was, yard touchdown run, just felt like a, a really defining moment. That kind of you, it felt like you were on the cusp of being able to put it in, you know, their heads. Here we go again. The Titans yeah. have this blueprint against because I mean, Lamar Jackson talked about that earlier this year about how mm-hmm. the Titans had the blueprint to beat to beat that offense. And you know he he all the, the he can't win the playoffs all that stuff you know it just seemed like if they could have continued to pile that pressure on those things would have become more a factor but once he breaks that run it was almost like that gave them life and you know that and, and obviously that's the the thing that they were trying to avoid but they were just the, the Ravens you know again like there's not there, there's all these little things that that happened um, but it's not like the 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 prior two playoff games here against the Ravens where, you know, the Titans dominated them, you know, right. on the stat sheet in both of those games, but lost because you had fumbles and missed field goals or whatever. I mean, today the, the Ravens just beat the Titans. I mean, there's they're really not, you don't leave this game thinking that they beat themselves. I mean, the Ravens were just a better team today. Um, and, you know, you kind of have to tip your hat to them from that perspective. And listen, with all the, the grief we've given this defense this year, they were good today. They made timely plays. Like you said, they got the interception early, which you feel like that could have been a turning point in the game. But, you know, the Ravens just stuck to what they did, and they were able to, to keep going there. The, the, one of the bigger things that I thought was interesting um, was the, the lack of Corey Davis um, on the field at the end of the mm-hmm. game. And I, Have we heard anything? I mean, it looked like he was hurt. I mean, he's standing there on the sideline, you know, with his helmet off um, at, at some point. You know, they, they, the broadcast on each other. Because I was asking myself that because, you know, there was the one play where I guess it was the, the maybe the second and two um, where they show and you've got A.J. Brown over here and Nick Westbrook-Akina on the other side. You know, and yeah, it's right. like how hard is it to figure out if the Titans are going to throw where they're going to go with the ball here? <laughs> um, and so I don't know. Have we heard anything about Corey Davis's status? I mean, I know Vrabel basically in the – Post game said he wasn't available for whatever reason, but was there an injury? I mean, have have we heard anything on that front? There, there was nothing specific, you know, and and uh, you know, if it did happen, it, it happened without anybody seeing it. You know, nobody ever saw Corey Davis, you know, down on the field. Nobody ever saw him limp off. Nobody ever saw him go to the blue tent. Uh, you know, maybe these things happen, but but nobody was was aware of it. Certainly, uh, you know, and and it wasn't even as if he had you know any kind of uh, you know, he wasn't limping on the sideline. He, you know, nothing, nothing to, you know, call attention to an injury. That's that's for sure. So, you know, it leaves you thinking maybe was there some type of a concussion situation going on? Um, you know, you just don't know. And it, and it doesn't really help. You know, obviously, Mike Rabel would would rather be tortured than than give away injury information. Right. You know, even at the end of the season, uh, which is kind of crazy. Um, but you know, when he was asked specifically why Corey Davis wasn't in there the last couple of series. He just said, you know, obviously he wasn't able to go, which, you know, I guess you can read between the lines that it's an injury, but, you know, why not just say, you know, I I think certainly that would help Corey Davis out uh, as well, you know, instead of all this kind of, you know, speculation on on what happened to him. But, you know, as it it stands now, it's kind of a strange 
end to this season for, for Corey Davis because, you know, everything was great, uh, you know, through the Detroit game. You know, he had, he had a, a, the fifth 100-yard game of the season against Detroit in week 15. All right, and he's 55 yards away, I think it was, from hitting 1,000 yards. Well, next week Green, against Green Bay, zero catches. And then Houston, you know, uh, drops three passes, very, very unlike him, and just 39 yards receiving. And, you know, we, we learn afterwards, of course, that, that you know, it, it happened to be uh, the uh, his brother's birthday, his brother who passed away earlier this year, and, and maybe that weighed heavily upon him. And you say, okay, I can I can understand that for sure. Uh, but, but again, today, just, you know, even without being, um, you know, on, on the bench those last few series, he was a non-factor, uh, only threw to him twice and, and, uh, and no completion. So it's kind of baffling, you know, for a guy who had, had such a, you know, strong season, strong, you know, easily the, the best of his four seasons here. Uh, and, and it came at a good time, too, because he's in a contract year. But here you are looking at the at the Titans there going down the stretch, and, and you've got – uh, you know, Khalif Raymond uh, all of a sudden is, is a crucial target on a crucial play, um, you know, and, and he gets knocked down or, or falls down, you know, whatever that happened. And you you have to wonder, okay, if, if Corey Davis is in the game, you know, a big physical wide receiver along with A.J. Brown, is Ryan Tannehill really throwing to, to Khalif Raymond in that situation? Maybe, maybe, maybe not, but it, it leads you to wonder anyway. And, and you know, A.J. Brown also said after the game said, I know Corey would be in there if he could, which again, you know, certainly makes you think that that's an injury situation. But uh, just just weird because again, you know, he was there was no you know wrap or or, or brace or or you know anything like that to, to note that it was a significant injury. So you know maybe it was a muscle pull. I I, I just don't know. But but we never saw um, anything in particular that that made us say, oh, that that's the play that it happened or. You know, that's what the injury was. Yeah, and I thought the same thing when you said you mentioned concussion. I mean, like I said, I was asking the question, you know, where is Corey Davis? And then they mm-hmm. showed him on the sideline and, and on the broadcast, they mentioned he didn't have his helmet. That was kind of the same thing yeah. I thought. But, you know, like you said, usually you, you're going to see something, especially being at the game. I mean, you'll, you'll see something if he goes sure. in the tent or whatever. It's not an evaluation there. So it's just weird. And it, it, like, it sucks because, like you said, after the Detroit game, you're like, okay, 55 yards away from being a, yeah. having 1,000 yards. No way over two games he doesn't get that. Um, you know, it's just a weird – most likely into his tenure here, um, you know, which has been very much up and down and, you know, for for a, a variety of reasons. Um, but just it's weird to see it go out like that. And it, it highlights the issues that this team has at receiver behind A.J. Brown, Corey Davis, you, you know, and, and Adam Humphreys, who's, you know, been, been unavailable because of injuries this year. Um, you know, just when, when Cleef Raymond's running out there as number two, when, when Nick Westbrook Aquino's on the field, <laughs> that's, he, he made a good catch today, but you know, that, that just, that, that feels like a, a little bit of a problem. Um, so yeah, I mean, it'll be interesting and you hate, I mean, when they showed the replay of, of the, that interception, um, I didn't, I didn't even yeah. know that he got, that, that Raymond got hit until I saw it later on Twitter. It looked, it looked like he just yeah. fell down. It, it fell down. And honestly, you'd seen a few people fall on the field today. It looked like the, the footing 
right. was a little bit suspect. But to see that that replay where AJ Brown's just wide open, and if Tannehill sees yeah. him, I mean, you've got a touchdown there, and, and you, you hate that for a, a guy like Ryan Tannehill because you know he's gonna be kicking himself forever for not seeing that, for, you know, for whatever reason. But I, I mean, you know, right. people are killing Tannehill for that interception, but if Raymond stays on his feet, uh, worst yeah. case scenario, it's incomplete. It, it, it right. bet, you know, it's probably a first down. Um, if not, so I mean, that, that's just it, it's a tough way for for that kind of thing to end. So you hate that. So I mean, you know, now we the, the, there are going to be you know all kinds of questions, and we're going to you know do, dissect the season to death. Um, obviously, the Titans win the division for the first time since 2008. That, that's a big deal. That's kind of the first thing that we, you know when teams put together their goals at the beginning of the year. You want to win the division. You want to have a home playoff game, and, and then you you know kind of build out from there. They were certainly able to do that, and, and so that was a positive. But, you know, a lot of talk already about, you know, was the season a success? Was it a step back from last year? And I know Chad Withrow has been, you know, going back and forth with people on Twitter uh, about that. But for me, it, it's hard to not call this season a failure just when you think about where they were at the end of the year last year, the fact that they were able to, at least on offense, bring that core back. And to get knocked out in the divisional round after going to the AFC Championship game last year, it really feels like that they did take a step back this year. And a a lot of success, 11 wins, I mean, not trying to take anything away from that. But I I think it's okay to acknowledge all of that and still say that you look at the season as a failure because they didn't really get close to where they were last year. And again, you know, we were right or wrong – when they're, you know, the week before they're they're heading to Kansas City last year, you felt like, okay, if things go right for this team, they can win in Kansas City, they can get to the Super Bowl. And just watching this team all year long, you never felt like they could go to Kansas City and win this year. And so to me, right. that just, it, it feels like a step back. It feels like a failure. And, you know, I mean, I know nobody, nobody in the building wants to hear that or, or say that at this point. But I, I don't know. I, I don't know what your takeaways are there. But it, it really does feel like that this season was not what it could have and should have been. Yeah, you know, to me, I, I think there. You know, you mentioned two terms. You, you said once, you know, there it was a step back, and, and two that it was a failure. I, I tend to lean more towards a step back. I mean, it's, it's, uh you know more more so than a failure. I think you can have a step back without it being a failure. Um, you know, I, I, I do think you have to, to see the fact that they, you know, they, they won the division for the first time since 2008. They, they hosted a playoff game for the first time since 2008. You, you know, you have to at least recognize some small accomplishments or, or not so small accomplishments, really, when you think about the, the big picture for this franchise. But, uh, yeah, I mean, the, the uh, situation, too, is that they were very close. You know, that they held the lead in the second quarter of the AFC Championship game last year you know and i i think the questions now certainly are why couldn't they get better and specifically uh, why couldn't they why didn't they get better on defense and in fact why did they get worse on defense and there's there's several reasons and we've you know we've talked about them all year you know and i think it probably starts with with dean pease and and the leadership and the experience uh, that he had and and uh you know, he's gone. Uh, you know, you don't name a definitive uh, play car or, excuse me, defensive coordinator uh, per se. Uh, you know, you have a couple other assistants leave. 
uh, you know, Casey, Logan Ryan, Woodyard, those guys go. Um, and and if any team, and I've said this before, if any defense could have really benefited from a full regular off season of OTAs and everything else to get adjusted to new personnel, to get adjusted to the new coach, new defensive play caller, it was the Titans, and and they didn't get that. Um, and and we saw it, you know. It just to to me, it it never really clicked uh, for this defense, you know, outside of some some spots from time to time, such as today, which you know, which is one of their their better performances. But um, you know, and and I think the the big whiff, obviously, on defense, you know, this team had 43 sacks last year, and everybody was asking, what can they do to get better rush to the passer? Well, that didn't work out so well. <laughs> you know, um, obviously, yeah. Jadevian Clowney and Vic Beasley were, were not the answer. So, you know, when you when you finish the regular season with 19 sacks. Now, oddly enough, today you come out and you get five sacks on, on Lamar Jackson. You know, and it was like, where has that been all year? And where was last week when you had, you know, when, when you had four sacks also of Deshaun Watson? Um, you know, that's a, that's a little too late in, in that department. But... Yes, I think specifically defense clearly, and then numbers bared out too. You know, took a a step backwards this year, um, and you know you, you have to question the personnel decisions that that were made there. Um, you know, and and I think you have to to question the, the defensive coordinator situation because clearly it was uh, it was something that that didn't work out. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, like you said, I mean, I saw a lot of people today talking about the defensive coordinator situation. That was certainly a problem all year long. It was not the problem today. Um, but that's something that they're going to have to look long and hard at in this offseason and, and figure out what they're going to do there. Because whatever it was this year, it just didn't work. And like you said, the, the personnel issues certainly played into it. And it, it's tough to imagine a team having a worse offseason than this team did. Uh, when, you, when you think about, you know, just the, the guys that left. Um, and, again, I, I don't fault them for, for trading Jarrell Casey and then adding Jadavion Clowney. I mean, I mean you know, you, you don't you, – that's, that's not a bad yeah. decision at the time. And, obviously, you know, listen, both guys got hurt this year. So, I mean, they, you know, who knows. Um, you, you don't fault them for not giving big money to Logan Ryan because for as important as he was to this defense last year – um, th- he had limitations as a cornerback, and, and so yeah. that certainly was a decision that, you, you know, was not – I don't think anybody killed them for that at the time, but just, you know, kind of seeing how it all played out, you have to wonder. And you made the point uh, in your article tonight, I mean, <laughs> listen, the, the offense wasn't the problem, right? But how nice would it have been today to have – Dennis Kelly playing left tackle and Isaiah Wilson playing yeah. right tackle, right? I mean, you, you know, the, right. there's certain things. And, and again, I don't know. Uh, the, 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 the whole Isaiah Wilson thing is, is a whole other podcast that we'll, we'll have to do at some point uh, when we talk about, you know, where, where, we, where they go from there. Um, but, you know, just, the, the, it just it couldn't have gone any worse this offseason than it did because no. even your, I mean, look at their first three draft picks. Um, yeah. I mean, I didn't notice Fulton today. I don't know. Was it was I mean I'm I'm assuming he was active I didn't see that he was inactive he was he, yeah he, he, I, I saw him get beat on one one play that's yeah I yeah I mean you know but again uh, he wasn't after they traded for Desmond King I mean you know he wasn't in a, really factoring into the equation there um, you know Darius and Evans spent most of the year hurt um, you know and obviously the the things with Isaiah Wilson have been well chronicled 
Uh, Vic Beasley, like you mentioned, I mean, just doesn't. And that that one to me, I mean, again, talk about the the two pass rushing moves. The the clowny saying you don't fault them for making that move. He got hurt. Like that that happens in the NFL. So I mean, I, I don't. That's not a mark against John Robinson for me. The Vic Beasley thing never made any sense. And if they thought that they had addressed the even a, even a portion of their pass rushing issue by adding Vic Beasley, I, I think that was a bad decision. And obviously it played out that way. I mean, you heard the reports. I just remember seeing – I don't remember when it was, but before free agency even started, when the Falcons come out publicly and say, we are not re-signing Vic Beasley, you never see that. That never happens. No. And, you, you know, at that point it just should have been like, look, this dude, it's not – you know, he's not it. Um, right. So, I mean, you know, we there's – Wave this red flag anymore. Right, Yeah. So I mean, just just a lot of a lot of questions there, and obviously stuff that'll you know we'll have time to revisit a, as the season goes along. Um, but you know, as the a, as we talk about the the window, so to speak, with this team, I mean, for the most part, you've got uh, you're going to have you, you've got questions that were at receiver outside of AJ Brown. I mean, AJ Brown to me ha, has already <laughs> become the the best wide receiver in Titans history, and that that might be sad. You know, considering he's only two years into his NFL career, but I mean, I, I think it's certainly true. I, I guess you know, there's a case for Derek Mason as we have a dog barking in the background here. Um, th- there's a case for Derek Mason, but I mean, AJ Brown ha- has done way more than, than most of the guys that we've seen here. But you know, I, I think Corey Davis is probably gone. Um, I think you know Adam Humphreys are going to have to have a decision to make there. A guy that was a good, I felt it was a good signing at the time. Um, you don't fault them for yeah. that, but I mean injuries and whatever else, it it just hasn't worked out for them there. But they're going to have to address that. But the number one thing, as as we head into the off season, is you, you, they've got to do something about the pass rush. And again, it's funny today that wasn't necessarily the issue. But overall, you know, if you, you watch this team all year long, it seems like they need to allocate free agent dollars and multiple draft picks to finding somebody that can make a quarterback uncomfortable. And for all the efforts they put into that, it just it, they haven't been able to do that over the past three, four, five seasons at this point. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, and, and there's going to be a lot of, of decisions coming this offseason, but, I, I mean, that, that has to be the, the, the top priority. Um, because, you know, when, when you look at this offense, you know, I, I mean, there's still – uh, a lot of potential that this is going to be a very good offense. Now there there are some parts that you know have to be uh, you know either either filled or, or resigned or whatever. You know as you mentioned, Corey Davis uh, is he back or or is he gone? Is Johnu Smith? Do they find a way to uh, to bring him back? Um, you know even with a, with a cap that that's going down. But if you can, uh, uh, you know bring bring key guys back. I mean the offense is still going to be good enough to win most games. So if you can find, you know, and, and, you know, again, we were saying similar things last year, but if you can find, uh, you know, just a little bit more on the, on the defense, a little bit more in terms of pass rush, and I think if you do get a little bit better on, on the pass rush, I think that all of a sudden the coverage will look a little bit better uh, than it did this year. And, I, I, again, I think you have to assume that there's going to be at least more of a quote-unquote normal off season. And that's going to allow, you know, for, for, for better chemistry, you know, for, for coaches that were in their first year this year, uh, you know, to have a better idea what they're, what they're into, to have a better, um, you know, relationship with, with players. 
uh, and, and perhaps for a, a new defensive coordinator, assuming they go in that direction, and, and I think they should, uh, you know, to, to have some time to get adjusted with this team also. So, uh, you know, I, I think certainly half the battle is, is won when you've, when you've got an offense like this, um, you know, it, but it's hard. I think I used the word lopsided for the Titans as they're going into the playoffs. Um, you know, you, you just it's, it's hard to be a very good team when your offense has to carry you uh, so much of the time. And, and today, you know, again, like it was a similar situation to, uh, to Green Bay that the offense, there, there were occasional days where the offense just did not get it done enough, um, you know, just fizzled. So it's not going to be there every game, but you have to have the ability to, uh, to, to win some, some low-scoring games. Um, defense did, did pretty well today. But, you know, today was just not reflective of, of what this defense did for most of the season, unfortunately. Yeah, absolutely. And like you said, you just hope that they don't let today's performance cloud what it was the whole <laughs> year. Because, you know, when you're relying on Brooks Reed off the street in week whatever it was that he, <laughs> he came to the team, um, that, that's, not a, that's not a recipe for long-term success. But anyway, that, you know, that's, that's stuff. Obviously, we'll have a ton of time to get into as the offseason progresses. Um, what, what they're going to do at defensive coordinator. Maybe they're looking for a new offensive coordinator. I mean, Arthur Smith has been at least rumored to be, you know, on everybody's list that has an opening. So, yes. obviously, we'll keep an eye on all of that stuff as it develops. Anything else we need to touch on from this one? I think that's a wrap. Yeah, I think that'll do it. So, anyway, uh, yeah, I mean, it was, a, it was a fun year, a lot of ups and downs. Uh, yeah. certainly. Mm-hmm. And it, like I said, it, it sucks. Again, I, I didn't have any, any kind of like whatever that this tight, this team was going to go on and win the Super Bowl. but I, I just love for it to end at anybody, anybody else's hands in the Ravens. Um, that, that's, right. that's always a, a little on the tough. Home field yeah. On the home field. It's, if you've been a fan of this team for as long as I have, it, that's just, a, sure. it, it's kind of a tough one to take. So anyway, uh, like I said, that'll do it for tonight. Broadwaysportsmedia.com is the place to, uh, check as we get headed into the offseason. We will have all of the best analysis, recaps of this season. Uh, we're going to have fantastic draft coverage. Um, so check that out. We'll have a lot of profiles and all that stuff. It's going to be a weird year for the draft. Uh, you know, saw a post today that the combine might not happen. So, I mean, a, a lot of weird stuff there, but we'll cover it, and, you know, it, as good as anybody else will. So, or not, you know, we'll, we'll cover it better anybody else will so check that out there you go there you go uh dot com. in the meantime you can follow john on twitter at glennon sports you can follow me on twitter at j morris mcm uh we will still have home run throwback podcasts for you to listen to throughout the off season uh so again wherever you get your podcasts just search out home run throwback so for john glennon this is jimmy morris saying thanks so much for listening and we will talk to you again in the near future Brought to you by Broadway Sports Media.